It's Sunday morning. With us today is uh, Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky. And he says to me that he's got some good inno- renovation, innovations, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Dr. Cates, uh, Dr. Sky, what the heck is going on? Well, good morning, John, to you and the listeners once again as we take this journey to expand people's minds. But Mars has been a very interesting topic in the last couple of weeks, and I just wanted to give a summary. And here we go of the Mars rovers that are actually doing something on the surface of the Mars. We first turned to China. The Zhurong spacecraft, which is this tiny little rover, has helped us to identify and where it landed that there's probably been, over the course of billions of years, flowing water on the surface of Mars. It actually found what's called sedimentary rock in this area of Mars called Utopia Planitia. It's an actually flat plain area. So this little tiny little rover actually dug in and found some sedimentary rock, which all go along with the fact that, well, water probably flowed on Mars a long, long time ago. But, John, the rover's in actual trouble, too, after it made this uh, observation, so to call, so, so, so to speak. It's run by solar power, and Martian dust storms layer that thing, those solar panels, with a lot of Martian dust. So they don't have a way to recharge it, but on there... It has these little the ability to flip around those little solar panels to try to, you know, get rid of the dust. So there's something going on with it. But I thought that's an interesting uh, observation, maybe really well, a detection of water. Th- there's no doubt there was water on Mars at one time. And, and it, it looks like water, like we spoke last week, is a universal uh, yes. uh, item. Uh, and the question is, what happened to that water? Did, did it evaporate, just go away? Is it underground? And I guess nobody really knows. And and uh, the mystery of those two um, uh, uh, moons, uh, you know, some people were saying, well, maybe they're artificial moons. Yes. There's so many mysteries that we don't know the answers to yet. Well, we're digging in deeper, but let's talk a little bit about where we think the water on Mars went, John. This is probable, according to the astronomers, maybe one of the greatest theories. A long time ago, a large asteroid slammed into Mars, and one of the deepest depressions on Mars, if you look at a Mars map, it's an area called Hellas, and it's an area that's a rather deep depression, not like a giant crater. But one of the leading theories is that this asteroid slammed into the planet, just vaporized all the water on the surface, and literally knocked the planet silly and literally knocked its magnetic field off. So that's another theory. But going back to these moons of Mars, here's another late revelation. Chinese astronomers and scientists are now saying that the smaller moon of Mars, this little one called Deimos, may not necessarily be a captured asteroid. It goes back to what I just said, that it's probable that when this asteroid hit billions, millions of years ago, that it probably blew out a giant chunk which is about a nine-mile-in-diameter object that we call the little moon Deimos. That's a pretty interesting theory, don't you think? It's very interesting. I guess it's one of the possibilities. I mean, uh, uh, what other possibilities are there? I mean, there's new information about uh, new revelations about the Saturn, uh, uh, the uh, rings around it. Absolutely, and we find out on another subject, John, that Saturn now has the most moons in the solar system. The big number now is 145. So all these great mysteries that we talk about here in the solar system all go around this concept of asteroids, people that study the surface of these planets and objects, 
Where'd water go on the surface? But we also want to remind our listeners out there that the Perseverance rover has been actually operating on Mars about 822 Earth days, and it, too, is giving us some amazing uh, information. It's literally dropping these little test tube-like samples of rock on the surface of Mars, all in anticipation of one day having one of these spacecraft soft land on Mars, send out a little machine to capture these and bring them back to the Earth, so we hopefully can understand what the next planet is that mankind, for sure, ask Elon Musk, and he'll tell you that's where he's planning on sending people, maybe even himself. But, John, the mysteries continue, because one other quick one is we find out now that we're trying to resolve and get a better understanding of what our Milky Way galaxy shape looks like. And we thought that it had this big spiral, like a child's pinwheel, you know, so many arms. But now recent information comes to us that say our galaxy may only have two major big spiral arms, making the galaxy a little more simple to understand. But by gosh, it's so impossible to tell everybody out there how they detect the shape of a giant object that's about 150,000 light years in diameter. That's just mind-boggling, to say the least. It is. It is. Uh, any anything new on uh, any of them on the moon or the other planets, uh, Mercury or Venus? Well, I go back to the live sky because nothing that I can report categorically this morning that's of you know breaking news per se. But we always remind people to go out and what look at the nighttime sky. So here, as you have a new week coming up, the moon is new, or I should say, was new on the nineteenth. So if you look into the western sky on the evening of the twenty third. John, you'll get this amazing view of a crescent moon right next to the beautiful planet Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. This is, of course, an amazing sight. So people out there with not only binoculars, their smartphone, as we always talk about, enjoying and expanding our minds and taking our minds and, you know, and, and our spirits and moving out into the universe to kind of give us that relaxing pause that I'm sure you would agree we need from the uh, very turbulent state of the world as we know it. Interesting. You're right, absolutely turbulent. Uh, but uh, to make it from here to other galaxies or to other uh, planets, uh, we have to uh, break the secret, whatever the secret is, to, for inter intergalactic galactical uh, travel or intersolar system travel, uh, because we we can't go out there and just wait years and years and years. It's not going to happen. You're right, John. And the study of anti-gravity and technologies that propel spacecraft, not just like science fiction, faster than the speed of light, the homework assignment I'd give very friendly to every listener out there, look up the term quantum entanglement. It may be a way and a means, as we've talked before, about seeing how we can move through the universe faster than the speed of light. I know that sounds a little bit strange to people when they've been told that nothing goes faster than the speed of light. But guess again, right? Because in the world of quantum physics, we find these things, again, so amazing. That's why we continue to update you and the listeners on all these mind-expanding, totally amazing subjects. Well, Steve Cates, thank you for expanding our mind. And uh, uh, we hope that we find out the whole truth uh, someday. And God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, John. Good to be with you and the listeners. Have a great Sunday. Thank you.